Welcome to the No Nonsense Nutrition Podcast with Shredded Ed, Cardio Johnny, Paul C, Matt Mork Super Troll, and Brazil Hadley. The best infotainment show around where you'll hear us joke, banter, and debunk all the nutritional myths you've heard time and time again, helping you get fit, healthy, and shredded. All right, well, welcome to the No Nonsense Nutrition Podcast, even. Um, episode number 32. Oh, pretty sure I'm right on that. Might be wrong. Yeah, I'm still pretty sure I'm right. Sounds about right. Yeah. Um, don't know how would you actually, Matthew. Um, I would ask how you know. Bear in mind you've not been here for so long. Um, because I am an avid, avid listener of the yes. No Nonsense Nutrition Podcast. Yeah, unlike the rest of those idiots like Johnny and Paul who don't even bother listening. No, no, I do enjoy the podcast. I just um of being a guru on the beach of Sri Lanka. So you have. I mean, that's my past few what's this number two of the year or number three of the year this is this will be the what's the date today it's the 14 must be number two i can't remember yeah number two yeah so second podcast of the year 2018 starting yeah. it right the so early risers we had obviously new year's eve with um our uh we all did the new year's eve one didn't we we did we did. We all did. So we had the, obviously the the one with yep. your 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 uh, favourite. I'd say your favourite nutritionist. One of your favourite nutritionists, Shane. Obviously on Christmas yeah. Christmas Eve, and then good good old big nuge. Yeah, like big nuge. So obviously we discussed yeah. how to kind of stick and go with your um, New Year's resolutions. So obviously that. Then obviously we had the roundup of the year on New Year's Eve. Obviously that we're all on. Um, I can't even remember what last week's was, isn't it, last week? You must know. I haven't listened to last it. week's. No, no, I haven't listened to last week's. Outrageous. I couldn't get couldn't get good Wi-Fi. And I could get 3G, but I couldn't. I, don't, I didn't want to download anything over 3G. Ah, that's right. Um, but it was Do Fad Diets Work, I think. Yes, you're right. Correct. So, yes, Do Fad Diets Work. So we talked about, obviously, some fad diets um, and just picked them apart a little bit to explain why they may or may not work. So... Cool. Um, if anyone listening wants to, go back and listen to them because they're all good episodes, especially one with Big Nuge. It's very good. Yeah. He's a good lad, isn't he? Despite his dubious choice in pizza. Yeah. Yeah, we covered this, obviously. Not not yes. allowing fruit on a pizza is... is, is well, a strong viewpoint of his, I'd say. I think most times, if I ever say anything about pineapple on pizza, I just get the uh, middle finger emoji. So I would yeah. say that's strong. I'm not even a massive fan of pineapple pizza. It just doesn't doesn't offend me. <sighs> I like, yeah, um, I, 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 it's the sort of thing that I probably wouldn't go out of my way massively to choose. But I do. But when I, I have it, I quite like it. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, it's refreshing. Yeah, a bit tangy, nice. Yeah, I like, I like sweet. I, I am a sweet and savoury man. though. like maple bacon and sweet and salty popcorn, all the stuff that's kind of mixed together. Like, I don't have much boundaries when it comes to mixing foods. So. No, no, same here. I mean, I'm I am a savoury kind of guy, but I will jazz it up. Some yeah. of the the last hotel we stayed in had a, a, a random buffet breakfast, so I had a mixture of like local curry. I had some pancakes with some maple syrup, a bit of bacon, a bit of everything. Really, it was just it was on nice. the same plate. Yeah, yeah, nice. yes. Yeah. I'm not sure how I feel yeah. about curry on pancakes. I'm sure I wouldn't be that bothered about it touching, but. No, I, I mean I didn't combine them. But it was just same plate, you know, same the environment. Don't want to wash up too much. I well, know, but they might they might merge and mix in, especially a curry consistency. Yeah, it was well, it was a bit on the pancake, but it was fine. It was, it was tasty, right? 
So Pat, food. Let, let's let's go through then. So obviously you've been the Uber Fit Pro Guru on the beach with your laptop and a uh, margarita or something. I don't know. I don't know what they drink in Sri Lanka, but um, I yeah yeah been away for two weeks. So travelled around Sri Lanka. We stayed in quite a lot of places. So two to three days in each place. Worked our way from capital down the coast up into the mountains. So into the tea plantations, which people um, drank a lot of tea. Hell of a lot of tea. Newfound appreciation for tea again. Um, I haven't really drunk coffee. They don't really do coffee very well out there, mm. uh, if at all. They've, so it's been quite weird. I haven't had coffee for two weeks. Or I have. I've had one or two here or there. Mm. Um, so I then worked our way back to the beach and then home. But yeah, there was, there was two random observations from, from Sri Lanka, which was no, no coffee. And diet drinks are either non-existent or prohibitively expensive. Um, Diet Coke is double the price of regular Coke, and uh, the reason for that is it's just not produced in Sri Lanka. They have to import it, uh, which is really random. So I, I really cut back on my diet drink consumption. I had the odd full fat. I don't know why people call it that, but yeah. Coke. But really, I'm not a fan of drinking my calories. So yeah, I've you know kind of I wanted to cut back on my diet drink consumption for no other reason than. It's expensive, excessive, and a bit wasteful with the plastic and stuff like that. So, yeah, managed to do that. I started drinking a lot more water, tea, um, juices and stuff. So, yeah, it was, it was good. good. And now I'm back to, back to reality, straight back on the podcast, jet lag as hell. Yeah, yeah. How's your... Uh, I was going to ask, how's your weight? Have you managed your weight over this... Two weeks. So that's, yeah, it's a good, good point because obviously we've got project photo shoot coming up in May. And what actually happened prior to that was I dieted over Christmas purposely because um, I knew I was going away and I'd rather, you know, not restrict but be on track over Christmas period because I find it, I think we've covered this, it's a very gluttonous period for a lot of people. So dieting over that keeps me on track. Christmas Day, just ate what I wanted. Um, and it was the only real day that I let loose. The other day, straight back on it. Not a massive deficit, just sensible deficit. And then I went away and I haven't tracked anything I've eaten when I wanted to, which was primarily when I'm hungry. Um, been eating a lot of the local food, so curries, rotis, very carb-dense foods. Um, been having quite a few local beers, which I've enjoyed. And weight is up two kilos as of yesterday, which I'm putting down to water weight from flying probably. Like, I imagine Ola gains maximum of a kilo. And that's not through any effort. I've been eating as and when I wanted. Mm-hmm. But it's just, just it's got, this is going to kind of lead on nicely to our, our topic today, I guess. But my activity levels were ridiculously high. Because um, I was walking everywhere, swimming every day. Um, you know, my step count's regularly 25,000 plus. And when it's hot, I tend not to get as hungry in the day. So kind of inadvertently, I wouldn't have breakfast. Some days I would because Sri Lankan breakfast is pretty cool, uh, curries and stuff. But generally, I wouldn't have it unless it was offered because uh, I wasn't hungry. Lunch would be something fairly light. And then dinner, I would go all in on the local food because you're only there once, right? Well, maybe there again. Um, but yeah, so weight hasn't really changed is the short answer I've maintained. Um, and that was through intuitive eating. I eat when I was hungry. 
Yeah, good. Did you actually actively apply intuitive eating or was it more kind no, of natural? Do you know what it is? It's one of those things. Well, I think when I'm so, – so we stayed in actually in the last few days we stayed in a hotel that was like half bought. You had like buffet food, which that aside, I think when I'm on holiday, I just don't think about food. It's – I think it must be something to do with being at work or being at home. You just mm. – I think it must be a boredom thing if I'm honest. So yeah. for me, I've identified a lot of boredom eating. Um, and where I wasn't bored and I was doing things I very much enjoyed and being very active, I just didn't even think, of, think about food until I really was hungry. Um, so it wasn't any conscious effort to do that. I wasn't being, you know, holidays to be enjoyed. I was not tracking, wasn't even considering stuff like that. Um, I got one or two workouts in at the end. Actually, the last hotel we stayed in had some autumn uh, Nautilus old school gym equipment so that was fun but yeah nothing conscious it's um, it's good so basically what I've taken from that is if I want to maintain my weight loss long term is I need to travel the world maybe not America yeah prob- probably not America it's, it's probably the, not America. It, it is the land of gluttony um, and I love America don't get me wrong like I absolutely love it but I just like a lot of the different cultures and how like a lot of it's quite diverse but um I, yeah i just like a lot of the, the culture i have there and it's just that's all revolve around just bigger and better though it's anything doesn't it so like everything you have is bigger and better and that includes the food so that, that obviously if anyone's looking to maintain their weight it is quite a, a or even lose weight it's a difficult place to be america yeah i guess outside of places there's some like health conscious places in there like isn't la very yeah, but even then, I think yeah, I think even LA and Beverly Hills and all of that kind of um, West Coast, I think a lot of that is yeah, there are a lot of it is very health conscious, but also there's like they they tend to have polar opposites. Like you will find that, and like I don't know what evidence I got this, I don't know, but like my my experience was that like you either like in really good shape because they are very health conscious, or they're completely opposite. There is there is no almost in between. To a certain extent, yes, yeah, so it's, it's kind of like anecdotally, it's what you say, right? Yeah, 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 because it's just either really, really like big, um, or like, yeah, super health conscious. So, I guess you probably get more in a, in a town that's known for being more va- like a vanity town, like Beverly Hills, obviously, I guess, with loads of actors and that type of stuff. The rich, yeah, nice. I'm talking of holidays, actually, Sri Lanka. I just want to, I kind of wanted to mention this, I found this really interesting. I've kind of talked about you before, but I started reading a book by Yuval Noah Harari, something like that, called Homo Deus. It's like the follow-up to Sapiens. Yeah, just 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 uh, received a uh, juice as in D U E U S, right? Not as in douche. Before anyone tries to go into Google and search Homo Deus and see what comes up. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's called a brief history of tomorrow and. It's just looking at humankind, basically, where we are today and where we will be in the future. But there was a couple of lines I pulled out, and one of them, and this is in reference as well, for the first time in history, more people die today from eating too much than from eating too little, um, which is insane, right? Like, if you think back when we were growing up, there was all the famine, um, kind of all the Africa aid, all that kind of stuff, and now the biggest problem is overconsumption of food. Um, and it just says, indeed, in most countries today, overeating has become a far worse problem than famine. So, yeah, interesting that was. Yeah, yeah. And I guess, like, that does tie in nicely what we wanted to talk about because 
like it's, it's something that I hear a lot and something that I observe a lot as well in, in kind of friends, family and just people that are kind of, you know, you see, um, is the concept of being able to outrun um, a poor diet. So I guess like put it into a different context, that concept of you only really need to like increase energy expenditure or worry about exercise if you want to lose weight rather than necessarily worrying so much about uh, like a nutritional intervention. I, and, I, and don't get me wrong, like a lot of the people, like I say, I have observed when they want to lose weight, yes, they obviously think about their diet as well. It's not a case of, oh, I'm still going to eat whatever shit I want. Um, they probably just don't give it the emphasis it needs. So they might think like, yeah, I'll just cut back a little bit or I'll eat slightly better, but then don't really stick to it. Whereas they might stick to the exercise part because it becomes a bit more of routine or habit. I don't know. So I guess we want to tackle like, is it the best method for people wanting to lose weight to um, focus on exercise? Um, you know, kind of that myth, or, or not myth, that statement of can you outrun a bad diet? Is it true? Is it not true? And maybe we'll we'll go through some of. I suppose this, we've got a, a really good meta review that we were kind of looking through, um, which kind of discusses um, the role of both exercise and um, obviously physical activity uh, in weight loss alongside nutrition. So maybe we'll just go through some of the actual evidence to see kind of what what the studies show and what people actually do. Yeah, I, I guess there's, you know, obviously we talked about the research there, but there's also some of the real life um applications so some of the people I've worked with previously mm. been endurance athletes where they potentially can out exercise a bad diet not that we would have them on a bad diet but you know maybe I could talk through some of the insane levels of activity they're doing to compare it to your 40 minutes of Zumba that someone might be doing thinking yeah, there yeah, yeah. Well, we, we'll, so, we'll, we'll let's let's touch on that obviously when we get into it because I think it's definitely a very prominent point because it is obviously it's like most things it's a continuum you know like if, if your energy expenditure is high enough, then you can probably get away. But I guess also you're going to have more leeway to have um, a poorer diet, as you say, than, than you would do if you are like kind of just a typical gym pop, um, just want to do a bit of physical activity to, for health and for weight loss. So, um, well, I guess like, yeah, I mean, the, the rationale for, I mean, the study itself has said like, and it was a US based, what are you doing, mate? Are you like cracking ice or? That sounded odd. No, no, just letting the, let, letting the cats out for the uh, cat back. <laughs> for their physical activity. Yeah, yeah. They, well, funny you should say that. They've been locked in for two weeks because there's this awful cat killer going around. So, yeah, they've gained some weight where they haven't been very active. <laughs> well, I'm just letting, letting, them out, letting them out for the first time. There you go. That's, that's the podcast done. Let's sign up. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I Matt's, get... Matt's N equals two study into a... Uh, well, it's not applicable, mate, because it's on cats, so... Yeah, exactly. It's not, it's not on humans, sorry. We, we don't use that as evidence. <laughs> um, cool, right. So I guess, like, this, the study is that we want to kind of mainly reference, or this meta-analysis, so, like, it's a, a study of studies, so obviously it references lots of different studies and pulls all the information together in one place, so ideally you then have a stronger position in whatever the outcomes are. Um, it is a US-based study, um, but... I think like we joked, didn't we, Matt? So to be honest, the UK is not far behind in its obesity epidemic or crisis. So, I mean, obviously, that's in, in the United States. I think this was as of 2015, I think. Yeah, uh, two, oh, 2013, I think. 2013, was it? Oh, yeah, probably something like 2013. So, yeah, so, you know, it could even be worse now, but 66.3% of adults are overweight or obese. And obviously, that represents a major public health concern. 
Um, I mean, the main thing really probably being like total medical bills, I guess. Um, in America, I guess it's a bit different in that they obviously have to pay for healthcare, don't they? So um, other than the Obamacare stuff. Um, whereas obviously in the UK, the NHS is funded by the government. So you, you kind of got, I, I suppose it'd be fair for people to obviously, and there's loads of other stuff like like as a as a UK resident that you could be moaning about, like smoking and all other things that affect health and, and costs in the NHS, uh, not to mention bloody Brexit. But like, yeah, I guess it's in everyone's interest to try and help with or, or do their bit to obviously reduce the cost on the NHS. So I think it's fair to say. So like reducing yeah. medical costs is such an easy, well, it should be an easy-ish way to, to do it by improving our health. Yeah, I think just to go, go back to that point around the United States and versus UK. So in terms of obesity rates, um, there's a really, really cool report from the OECD, um, which goes through obesity as, at 2017. But United States um, is number one. Like number one is United States, two is Mexico, three is New Zealand, four randomly is Hungary, five Australia, and six UK. So yeah, it's number six in the world. Yeah. yeah top 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 leaderboard for something at least. Yeah. So I mean, obviously it's clear that there is rationale for an intervention of some sort, which is obviously why I guess like we're so passionate in helping people because there's plenty of people that need help. Um, yeah, so I guess like, as I say, the, the, the premise is really around kind of like, okay, well, um, will physical, physical activity on its own help people in the prevention of well, weight gain and also help in uh, weight loss? Um, will nutrition, I guess, I suppose, in its own? And then maybe we'll discuss obviously both. I mean, I don't know whether we maybe just go through some of the examples here, some of the pick through some of the studies, they've picked down some of the main points. Um, yeah, I... I I guess uh, the starting line I'd like to go with is from from that uh, study we just talked about briefly, which is the role of exercise and physical activity in weight loss and maintenance, 2013, Swift Hill. Um, and one of their lines in there, which I thought was really good, was basically overweight and obese adults who adhere to an exercise program consistent with public health recommendations without, so that's a key word, without a dietary plan involving caloric restriction can expect to experience weight loss in a range of no weight loss to approximately two kilos. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was, you know, the, the two, two games. Most people lost no weight, and there were some that maybe lost one to two kilos. So that's quite a telling study. Yeah. I guess, like, just to clarify as well what those recommendations for physical activity are. So uh, these are from the ACSM, and... Basically, it was 150 to 250 minutes per week of physical activity. So a reasonable amount, you know, for a lot of people. I mean, you're talking, what's that, so just over four hours. So if you're saying like an hour, four times a week, um, obviously at the, at the higher end, or equivalent of 1,200 to 2,000 calories energy expenditure. So I guess that, like, when I was reading through the study, there was another point around from um, another researcher which suggested it needed to be a lot higher. So they were saying more, their recommendations should be around the 225 to 300 minutes per week. And that's just to prevent weight gain for most, not even necessarily to inhibit, to exhibit weight loss. Yeah, I, I think I just want to clarify, actually, because there is some research that I don't have to hand that I do remember reading around some of the health benefits of doing that amount of exercise. So 
we're very much talking weight loss here, not necessarily the yeah. health side of things, although they are very much linked. There is yeah. some health benefits to doing that they, amount of exercise they, as well. They, they, yeah, I mean, they do actually um, mention that in that, um, where is it? I think in this study, it does say in this study where it says, even though weight, something along the lines, even though weight loss may not be achieved, they have shown that physical activity has helped health, exactly like you just said. So I mean, Yeah, I, I think the, that, that recommended amount of time, and I, I will dig it out, but that amount of exercise per week reduces your um, risk of X number of diseases by X amount, um, yeah. like by a substantial amount. So, you know, obviously weight loss will help probably more than that, but it, it does have an impact. So we're not saying don't do exercise. Um, yeah, I mean, fact, worth <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, definitely, definitely not saying that. I, so I was just going to say, I found obviously weight loss, uh, weight loss from aerobic exercise at public health recommendation levels, clinical trials of exercise training that report no weight loss or modest weight loss and moderate weight loss was defined as under five kilos, which to be fair, modest is not five kilos, it's a reasonable amount of weight actually, but they say it still reports numerous health benefits for overweight and obese adults with risk factors for disease. Benefits include improving CRF, glucose control, endolithial function, so um, I guess that's to do with like, uh, um, what, what am I looking for? Like coronary heart disease, so like endolithial obviously in the arteries and stuff. Um, lipoprotein particle size, high density lipoprotein, so we're talking about cholesterol there, and quality of life. So, yeah, yeah, I guess you could probably say that almost all cause mortality um, risks drop, um, and they should have a better quality of life. Just w even with very little weight loss. So it does, you know, like like your point there, mate. Um, we're not saying for a second that physical activity is pointless, but um, yeah, maybe we'll just go into a bit more of how important it is compared to other aspects when we go through a bit more. Yeah, definitely. So I guess in terms of, you know, with that with that being said, weight loss, um, primarily from my experience and from the research I've seen is as a result of dietary intervention, not exercise intervention. Uh, would you agree or would you dispute... I, I would say from the research that I've read and anecdotally definitely agree. Um, so I guess it's one of those things where like where people start to, to come up with a plan or a strategy to lose weight. Like I say, my experience is, and I said this before the call, like people tend to go straight away for the physical activity side as their like um, predominant kind of thing they're going to focus on. And like the nutrition is a, a bit of a side point in that they will still, most people will still have some consideration for it because it, it, like, I guess most people kind of think you do one or one. You can't really do one without the other, almost. Um, but it's like it's almost, almost like that attitude of like, oh yeah, I need to lose weight, so oh, I'm just gonna start jogging. You know, that's kind yeah. of like the and first thing they think, and they might then start to eat a bit better because the whole like health-seeking effects of doing something, you know, you kind of might as well do a bit more. I look after your nutrition a little bit as well. I, I do find that, but I think also when people do start running, I don't know why running particularly, I need to look at this a bit more probably, but I find that people tend to get hungrier as well um, or consume more calories when they start adding in certain exercises, which again, this is my opinion right now, anecdotally, is, which is why I like to get people, especially if they're obese or overweight, I'd rather they walk yeah. a lot more than yeah. run because joint health and all that stuff, but also 
I find it doesn't trigger hunger as much for whatever reason. Yeah, I've, I've got two points on that actually. So I I did um, a little bit of research a while ago about this because I I kind of thought like anecdotally and personally the same. Like when I do exercise and cardio specifically as well. But to be fair, I get I get it even from like resistance training. Like I feel like when I when I have gym days, I'm hungrier on those days when I've trained. Yeah, of course. Um, and like I was interested to think like I always kind of thought that because of my own personal bias almost that cardio did make me hungrier like when I did cardio like I was I wanted to eat more that day um so I was kind of like I oh, actually I wouldn't mind looking at what evidence and research there is to kind of like back up my own bias and actually I found that I wasn't wrong necessarily but the, all the research I looked at and from and I might and so if someone someone else knows better then correct me but I think like most of the research is quite individualized so it's, it's very mixed as in that some people will and some people won't so I think I'm sure yeah, I exactly. stuff where it's a bit of an appetite suppressant in some people which I was like, cause yes. I, I, I was sorry, mate. I was just gonna say I was quite um, surprised at just because it didn't fit my personal bias. <laughs> so, well, yeah. So I think that, that leads on nicely to, you know, what we're talking about is for the main people in general. But there's always outliers. Um, you know, you you tend to find those people that start running and lose a ton of weight, and you always hear about their stories, and it's amazing, it's great for them. But I suspect what's happening there is they have the appetite suppression effect of that. Mm that exercise is hitting them that way for, for a lot of others and the people I've dealt with. And maybe this, this is why they're the people that come to help because they are that way inclined in, as in exercise does drive hunger. Mm. So they ergo, they're a bit more overweight, which is why they end up in my client base, I guess. But um, yeah, I guess there's outliers either side of that. So that might be why we kind of experience that and why our anecdotal views kind of line up with that as well. Yeah, yeah. Like I guess running, specifically when you talk about running, like that type of exercise, it's one of those things where it takes up quite a lot of your time as well. So like people, when they get into running properly, a lot of them tend to start doing quite long distances. So if they start running for like over like over an hour, it's quite a lot of time you can't eat and stuff. Like if you've got a job and then you go running after work and stuff like that, you're actually cutting out a fair amount of time where you could actually be eating as well. So I guess that also plays a little bit. I've thought that before, like, you start getting into the endurance realm, which is kind of what you touched on right at the start. Like you start doing several hours worth of exercise. Not only are you expending higher amounts, but you've got less time to actually take in food. Yeah. And that kind of goes links back all the way to my Sri Lanka thought around border yeah. meeting. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it's multifaceted, right? I don't think there is a right or a wrong answer in terms of, you know, does exercise trigger hunger? Does it not? It's very much, you should probably look at what you enjoy doing. Um, and for me, that's walking. And for a lot of my clients, that's walking. Um, for the reasons I mentioned, it's low impact, it's easy to do. Yeah. You can find a fit it in around your day and stuff like that. Yeah. But for everyone, that may not be the right answer. No, I, I concur with the running thing just because, like, again, I'm not going to ever, it, it'd be reckless of any of us, I think, to discourage people from running. I think the problem is, is like, so many people when they take up running, just such poor technique. And like people don't think there's a technique in running, but there is. Like like you say, like damage on joints and overall health can actually be quite affected by having a really poor running technique. Um, so like, and I th like I'm sure like, I remember reading a, a post by Lyle McDonald ages ago about kind of running, and he's he's very much once telling some people they shouldn't shouldn't run to lose weight, shouldn't run for exercise, because for those reasons where it is quite like damaging, like from a, um, uh, what's the word? Biomechanical point of view, if you don't do it properly, 
Um, but obviously you think about as an overweight person, the amount of force that goes through joints when you're obviously carrying heavier loads being overweight, but also you've got really poor technique. Like you don't you don't land the foot properly, you don't like push through your heel, through to the ball of your foot, etc. Um I think it's the right way. I'm not really a runner, so I might be completely off that. But it's a way of obviously like foot landing and, and pass some force through without taking too much through obviously the joints and stuff. And like when you when you start to consider all that being like it's all magnified because obviously you're overweight. Yeah, I can see his point really around it being maybe not the best choice of exercise for people and walking just removes a lot of that, but you still get a lot of the same benefits. It just, yeah, takes, exactly. it just takes a bit longer. That's all. So, yeah, exactly. And again, my bias because of what I preference and stuff like that. So is find a thing that works for you. I, I my personal advice would be if you're, you know, overweight by a substantial amount, it probably wouldn't run for the joint damage. I would try if you can and find something that is less impactful. So swimming or cross training or something where you're cycling, not cycling. Yeah. Cycling. Cycling is another really good one. Um, yeah. How do I miss that? Um, and if you think about those exercises, you, you're not putting your body weight through your joints, which, you know, if you've run something you enjoy, that's fine. But bear in mind, there is some associated long-term issues potentially with doing that. So, mm. yeah, it's not to, uh, <laughs> not to uh, have a dig at the runners, even though none of us really run, although I'm doing a Tough Mudder, so I'm start. But, yeah, I know. I saw that, mate. Wear a Tough Mudder t-shirt. Look at that. 2015, I can't believe it was that long ago. I did one in 2014 as well, so... Are you do yeah, you doing the one, one with um oh who's the lady who put, who asked in your group I've forgotten I'm not actually Lena uh, I think Lena. Lena yes yeah yeah um no I'm not we've I've got some friends who wanted to do one this year so I said we do it and actually I think we're going to set a little boot camp up for them because I asked if we could do some training in the park so yeah I said yeah cool, cool. we'll do that cool that's no, good they, <laughs> they were fun they were fun like I said to Lena like yeah um there were some not fun bits but. To be fair, the running was all right. It was like twelve miles, and like you can do the half ones. I think she said she was doing the half, didn't she? But like they're not, they're not too bad. The 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 only bit I really did enjoy was the electrocution part. It is as disgusting as it sounds. Yeah, yeah, so, um, yeah, yeah. There was one actually. Well, side tangent, but there was a bit where we finished. Uh, there was I think we did about a group of ten or eleven, maybe a bit more, something like that. And there was three of us that went off and kind of like got finished a lot earlier than the others. So we were standing at the like the finish line for about half an hour waiting for the rest of them to turn up. And uh, that was probably the funniest half an hour of yeah, like I can bet. remember because it's the, the finish line is like running through hay bales, through mud, um, with obviously where all the like basically voltage wires are hanging down. And uh, just watching people go through it was hilarious. It's literally, you can imagine, it's just the sort of thing you get on you being framed because people are like running all, all, through it. all the dancing, yeah, yeah, they're like dancing through it. But if you get like hit, hit, because obviously if you get shot by it, like it literally um, makes your muscle just stop. Like it's just like yeah. for, for for a second or so, you just lose any ability to move that muscle. So like if you get it in a large muscle group, like in the back or something, like people just just like steady up, straight in, just face plant because they just like eh, and just go down. And it's so funny. There was one poor lad who uh, ran through, got shocked fell over and he fell underneath one so every time oh. he tried to get because they do i think they do have like a delay so once they go off like each one they do like stop for a few seconds but this guy obviously went down laid there probably waited a couple of seconds or ever long tried to get up again and obviously by the time he was dragging his ass up under the mud just get shocked again <laughs> they had to turn the whole thing off and drag him out because he couldn't get out he's just there constantly getting shocked <laughs> poor bastard 
that's, yeah, that's probably good. For, that's probably good for weight loss. I imagine you spend a lot of energy recovering from that. <laughs> yeah, something to look forward to anyway. Yeah, you'll enjoy. How it do we get that? Oh yeah, so so yeah, so I'm, I am doing a bit of running, but obviously that's I if I was my former heavier self, 106 kilos, just 26 kilos ago, I wouldn't. Yeah, I did actually. There was one of the things I started doing when I first started doing it, and it was actually a very bad idea. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Right. So I guess I mean we've gone through a fair amount of that. I, I mean some of the other stuff here, and I thought this bit was quite interesting. So uh, a, a term called weight compensators. So the researchers, when they were going through, said that there were individuals who lose less weight than expected based on their training energy expenditure, um, and they've been termed weight compensators. So um, I think basically a lot of those studies examined like weight compensation um, after aer aerobic exercise. So, and I guess that's more what we were talking about. So like the observed increased energy intake and, in, and increased fat intake in, in weight compensators compared to those who did not. So this is what we're talking about really, I think. This is actually quite nice, like leads on from that in that there are obviously some people that essentially eat more because either they're hungry or, or maybe like, some of it might even be a bit more conscious. So I think I was certainly one of these individuals and I don't know whether it, which which way round it was, whether I was doing more exercise to compensate for the overeating, or whether I was overeating because I'd done exercise, or maybe probably a bit of both. But I guess there are some individuals, whether it's like conscious mentally, or whether they are literally having these like physical feelings of hunger and then therefore eat more, that they just compensate for the extra activity. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so you, exactly that. And all, the other thing is as well, I think there's a lot of misconception around caloric burn from uh, exercise. Mm -hmm. So both weight training, classes, I'm not going to pick on any one thing, Zumba, yoga, whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. There's a, there's a, you know, I hear, I hear it a lot in the group and we kind of go for the education with it, but you know, I'm burning 600 calories in my Zumba class. Mm -hmm. There's no way in hell you're burning 600 calories. Um, and Subconsciously, you, you may be thinking that and then allowing yourself to eat more because you've burnt those calories when realistically, you know, you're talking one to 200 calories maybe for a, a small female, like probably generous as well. Yeah. Um, certainly, maybe for a larger male, that's, that's more relevant. But yeah, it's caloric burn is never what your Fitbit or calories advice or class instructor tells you it is for that class. I've yeah. seen some advertising, which I've called out before, around hit classes being well over a thousand calories per hour, and it's you know that's insane. It's not. Yeah. It's not happening. I think the problem is the these things. So they use like VIR, don't they? Um, yes. Variable. What's it stand for? Basically, it's like a type of way of measuring heart rate through blood flow in the skin, isn't it? Um, yeah. And I think that like they're not constant. They're like they're they like pulse. So I think when you're doing um, either weight training or something where heart rates um, go up and down, so like like variably through, you know, if you're doing like steady state cardio for ages, it might I suppose it might be a bit more accurate. I don't know, but like when you're doing something that your heart rate's going up and down, it's using your heart rate to base like calcs and stuff on to measure calorie burn. Well, I can't do that when it's pulsing because obviously if you're doing a set of weight training, say, and it's and it like measures your heart rate where it's up because you're four reps into a six rep squat set say but then you rest for the next three minutes it's like well that's still going to be like calculating your calorie burn as if you would have that higher heart rate for a while so yeah it's stuff, it's stuff it's like very... that which, yeah it's that makes it incredibly inaccurate so like when when people say and obviously we get a lot in our groups and conversations you have with people looking for support 
you kind of say you have to say to them because a lot of people do have these these i mean i've got one obviously like uh, pedometers or fitbits or, or whatever and it's like you, know, you kind of got to take them with a pinch of salt and almost ignore the calorie um uh burn on because they're just so inaccurate yeah just use them for steps yeah steps exactly is, is yeah the sleep stuff's quite good as well yeah which is why i simplify my fitbit down to the basic fitbit i was mm. Well, not the most basic, but the second one up, just because it has just steps and sleep and stuff. Yeah. I'm not interested in trying to measure calorie burn. It's 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 a a road to nowhere. Yeah. Um, Even the heart rate, I don't think I've ever used. Like I've never really considered it because no, I, I took the heart rate out. Yeah. I'm, I'm, know, not, I'm not. Sorry, mate. Gone. Maybe rest and heart rate. I was interested in every now and then. Just yeah, yeah, true. That's probably about the only thing I did look at actually. Because I guess unless you're like in, you're really looking at performance, you want to see what your kind of like VO two maxes are or stuff like that. Which even then, I'm not sure because of the way these these VIR things work in these, whether they can really measure it properly. But anyway, we love a, we love a tangent, don't we? Um, I just wanted to pick Thanks. out a bit on this weight compensation thing, which I thought was really interesting. So, like the authors of this um, a study called Drew. So. Um, what did that stand for? That stood for dose response to exercise in women. That's it. So, um, yeah, so that was a study done uh, in, I think it was postmenopausal women actually, but they observed that the most weight compensation, so this kind of less weight achieved than predicted uh, thing we talked about um, in, from training alone, occurred in women exercising at 150% of the recommended volume. So, and they actually then went through some of actually, that sounded like, like, I've gone from South Africa there, mate. Um, they actually went through some of the, uh, the actual figures. and So, in fact, the, the amount of weight loss achieved in women exercising at 50% of the recommendations was 1.4 kilos and 150%, 1.5 kilos. So, the actual amount lost was virtually identical, even though they did three times the amount of physical activity, which is mad. Yeah, and, and you, I thought it was really interesting. You've got to think, got to think back to earlier, that's probably food compensation somewhere. Yeah, well, this is it. That's what they're saying. This weight compensation thing, which they are predicting is from increased energy intake. Yeah. Like, it, sh- it kind of shows you that in a lot of people. I mean, okay, so, like, I'm obviously not a postmenopausal woman, so you could might say it doesn't apply to me, but um, I'm sure there's some other studies that might, like, back it up. As I say, like, actually, I just want to pre- uh, or, or caveat it again. I do think, obviously, there are probably studies that show the opposite in some people. So just going back to our original point in that, probably find out what really does work for you but just know about it because I guess it's one of those things that if, as long as you know about it you could probably then do something about it like if you know you're a person that eats more because you do more um, energy expenditure uh, on certain days i.e. cardio or whatever you could probably say well I'll just have extra calories that days to make up for it and on days where I'm not doing it I can put up with the hunger a bit better or cut down on the cardio if it means you're eating less because the net effect might be the same yeah and if you don't enjoy it, then don't. By all means, though, if you do enjoy it, then, yeah, crack on. I, I guess that leads on to my next point, which we want to kind of talk about. That, is so someone totally new to it all, 2018, starts the year off, wants to lose weight, where should they begin then? If we're not saying exercise is maybe the best choice, mm-hmm. which we're not saying you shouldn't do, this might be very, very clear. But if you wanted to start on your weight loss journey in 2018, where would you start? Well... I think just just to take it back a step before we go on to actual action things, I just want to say like we've been clear, I think, but it's probably worth just saying it. Like weight loss is achieved through caloric restriction and creating a calorie deficit. We know that, so that's where you've got to start. You've got to find a way that is going to pretty much guarantee you're in a calorie deficit. 
I say pretty much because fighting my own bias about calorie counting, not everyone wants to count calories and it goes back to bloody squash gate, what we talked about last week again. And obviously, you know, not everyone wants to count their fucking Ribena light. Um, but so it's finding a way that is going to like the, the, the principles the same that never changes. So it's just that kind of method thing. So it's finding a method that is going to pretty much get you there. Cause it's that analogy of like you, and this is why I'm so pro calorie count because that analogy of, can you stand a speed limit without looking at this, that the, um, speedometer, yeah, you can. Is it a lot harder? Yeah, it's a bit harder. Like if you're if you're constantly getting speeding tickets, you probably should have a look at your at your speed every now and then, shouldn't you? And it's the same thing with calories. If you can't lose weight or you stop losing weight, then maybe you have to revisit things like maybe look at how much you're eating. And whether that is just down to writing down how much you're eating and calorie counting, or whether it's more a case of just thinking about the stuff you eat and thinking, oh, actually, yeah, I do have the odd donut there, or I do have Ribena Light every day, which might be adding up to the amount of calories I'm consuming and then just like restricting that cool but just finding a way I think is the first thing is just thinking about how that's going to happen anyway yeah. anyway yeah. <laughs> run over um, but I guess it's like, it's, like, it's like the things we talked about last week so just thinking about the things that we know works that we know that has loads of evidence about um, helping people reduce calories so away from calorie count I suppose then um, again just increasing protein intake um, increasing your fruits, vegetables, high fiber foods that are high water content that make you feel fuller but tend to have lower calories. Being more, you do. Go on, mate. Go on. No, no, you go. So the one I, one I really like, um, and it, it's you know it's it's not the easiest thing to do, but if you can do it, it will will probably yield you really good results. If you are someone who snacks, and you have your free main meals a day, just stick to your free main free main meals a day. Don't change the volume of food. Quantity, just keep them the same. Re- remove all the snacks. Mm-hmm. Job done. You're probably in a deficit, I would say. Yeah, I, I guess. I was going. I'll be honest. That was almost the bit I was going to say. Like in that, I was, so you do need to restrict something. So just cut out snacks. I wasn't going to say just like you know, your point around actually, if you're eating X amount of calories, you keep everything the same, but remove snacks. The fact that you remove the portion of what you're eating is probably going to mean you're in a deficit, or at least do undo. It might might stop if you're gaining weight. It might stop gaining weight if you're yeah. maintaining weight at a high weight it might, you might start to lose weight and that will work for a while and then it comes back to my point around then okay well when that plateaus you then got to reassess what do I do next so then it might be yeah, exactly. reducing like because if you're if you're a typical person that has like quite homely cooked meals like we tend to be quite calorie dense I don't know like lasagnas and homemade chilies I don't know like fajitas and like a lot of those things can be low calorie but I think the types of the ways most general pop makes them and they don't consider calorie contents of food they'll make them with full fat cheeses sour cream like and talk fajitas here and like all the things that they, like, they might have like five tortilla wraps um you know because you get like 10 in a pack or something then you're eight in a pack so you, you know if there's two of you, you eat all four of them you don't like eat two and leave the other two do you? so just that type of stuff where you might have to then revisit and think, well, actually, okay, well, well where I was having like these high ho- cal- calorie home cooked meals, I now need to kind of now change those into something a bit more what you yeah. consider a bit, bit healthier. And when we say healthier, generally it just means lower calorie. So, like, this type of fajitas example there, we're using sour cream, stuff like that, um, full fat cheese. Like, literally, the way I would approach that, and I could probably reduce that by three, four hundred calories off the bat, is maybe even more potentially. Is sort the cheese for eat lean cheese, code Brett 10, code Brett 10, but it is amazing. Like the calories on that are insane. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't remember what they in terms of versus normal cheese, like a third, maybe uh, less. Uh, weight, if, yeah, they're, they're like, um, they're nearly half the calories of normal, like your standard shop-bought cheddar um, and like ridiculously amount more protein. So and like they're, they're yeah. 3% fat, so like there's almost no fat in them. Like literally, yeah, so, literally the, mac- the nutritious content is better than whey protein. Like You can never say it better than that. Yeah, so literally just, and I think it's offered in Tesco at the moment, two pound, eat lean cheese. Like swap your cheese for that. That has saved you anywhere from two to three hundred calories, depending on how much cheese you have. Maybe less if you're light on the cheese, but who is light on the cheese? Um, the other thing you can do is the sour cream. Swap that for Greek yogurt. Mm-hmm. Tastes the same. Tastes better, if you ask me. But well, some people may disagree. Either or. Uh, either or. But swap that for Greek yogurt. You've upped the protein again, and you've reduced the calories significantly. Um, don't be a greedy pig with the wraps. Like two wraps is well enough for dinner if they're big ones. You can get the Weight Watchers wraps. I know we're not a massive fan of the Weight Watchers program at all times, but the wraps are pretty good. Um, or you can get some lower calorie wrap options. And then don't go mental on the sides. Like if you want to have some rice on the side, fine. Just have half of the Uncle Ben's pack. Don't have the whole pack each. And you've you've saved yourself a ton of calories there. Yeah, I think um, you make a good point there. Um... The, the, the wrap bit, like obviously I know I said about having two wraps, but I think that kind of made me think how conditioned a lot of us are, and I was one of them, where like I had an expectation of what I considered a normal meal. And it's not only until you calorie count and start to realise how satisfied you can be on like a level of food that you start to realise the meals you have and previously aren't normal meals, they're massive. Like four, four tortilla wraps is, is more than anyone needs. It's kind of like you actually two should be considered like more than adequate with fill-ins and you know like if you if you're not want to lose weight then yeah have a bit of rice on the side you know and some vegetables or whatever I don't know and obviously therefore you've then kind of got a good meal if you're trying to lose weight you might take a little portion away and think well actually the wraps and the the, the fajita fillings all fine and I'll, I won't have the rice it's kind of that scenario whereas like yeah. most most people think no that's a normal like that's a dieted meal you know if you're having two tortilla wraps you're dieting it's like well no. Like four is like excessive, two is normal. Yeah, just just try and think about what you'd get in a restaurant in terms of all right, they may use all the stuff I said not to use, but you'd be happy with a meal in a restaurant if it turned up with two wraps, like big wraps. I know they're the little ones normally, but the little ones they're probably the equivalent of two, maybe less. Or you could even go like naked fajitas and just have the fajitas, like the mix yeah, yeah. with the chilies and and the rice, and that's another meal. Yeah. Um, so there's options there like we're not saying you know if you prefer the carbs include the wraps if you prefer you know having some other stuff with it then do that it's, yeah. there's multiple modify meals yeah definitely definitely cool right so um, I think most of I don't know if we've gone through most of the stuff I, the, the final point actually that, that I kind of want to talk to is some of the, the weight maintenance. So, you know, if you've done this calorie deficit thing and you've got your goal weight, there is, and I, I said I still can't find it to reference properly here, but I will dig out and post it in the Not Simple Nutrition group, um, which we'll get onto shortly. But the, it's been shown, and I don't know the reason for this, maybe the health paleo effect, but weight maintenance is aided by exercise. Weight loss, not so much. So, Again, going back to that point where we're not saying don't do exercise, it's do exercise, make it part of your habits now when you're trying to lose weight. And when it comes to maintaining that weight goal when you've got there, then that will help 
to maintain your weight where you are. Cool. But yeah. Cool. No, definitely. Cool. I get, to be honest, like I could almost read the. In fact, maybe I will read the conclusion of the of the read it, read it. So I think that kind of echoes exactly what you just said. So like, exercise training, regardless of weight loss, provides numerous health benefits, especially for overweight and obese individuals at risk for cardiovascular diseases or with current cardiovascular conditions. Although the weight loss from uh, ET, so exercise training programs, without caloric restriction, are very heterogeneous. Um, so I guess that means different or varied. Um, based on the person, uh, sorry, the present literature, patients who engage in a physical activity program may experience modest weight loss under two kilos, um, but no weight loss is also possible. Clinicians need to emphasize that substantial weight loss is unlikely to occur from a physical acti activity program unless the overall volume of exercise is well above the minimum recommended levels. Patients wishing to lose weight should participate in physical activity and caloric restriction to improve the chances of weight loss. So, although, although there is a final point actually, which says, uh, however, physical activity has a major role in the amount of weight regained after the initial weight loss. Overall, clinicians should attempt to encourage participants to adhere to exercise programs over the long term, regardless of the amount of weight loss achieved, as cardiovascular benefits are readily achieved um, in the absence of weight loss. So, I guess that actually that's a fair point we haven't really covered and might be worth just quickly touching on in that. It's all well and good using exercise as a way to expend energy and a, a, a a method or benefit to obviously increase in weight loss um, if you're obviously from, from what these guys are saying one of the lucky ones to actually experience weight loss what happens when you stop because I guess actually anecdotally and observationally again it's something you see quite often and I certainly do again people that you know take up the uh, the, the running example or oh, I'm taking up running so I want to lose weight when they stop running if they haven't made any nutritional interventions and changes then they just inevitably put the weight back on yeah, and that kind of leads on to the whole thing around walking, which is, again, my bias. But making it something that you're going to do forever, like, yes, you can lose weight. So going back to the endurance stuff, like the cyclists I work with previously, they were doing like six, seven hours of exercise a day. So you, they were burning through a fair ton of calories, and they could eat a lot of junk if they wanted to. They weren't. Um, they had a mixed, healthy balance. But if that is what you end up doing, so you end up doing the same amount of exercise to lose weight, you start doing HIIT, you start doing cardio, you start doing uphill walking, swimming, insane amounts, and you try and maintain that going forward, that's not going to happen. Like, try and do stuff now that you will make a habit. Walks after dinner, like, 15-minute walk after dinner is not a huge thing to implement. Over time, that's going to start up. Good habits, you start to enjoy it. Same in the morning, I get up early, go for a walk. Um, try and do things that are going to become a habit. Yeah. Or buy a dog. Or buy a dog, yes, you're forced. Don't buy a dog, go and rehome a poor, poor homeless dog. I, yeah, I, um, I, I think the benefits of just getting up early, I know it's a bit fit pro, get up and grind kind of thing, but like the benefits of getting up early and like when hard runs around, walking around, it does feel a bit euphoric sometimes. Like, and I guess that's why yeah. it, it helps with like depression and, and stuff because you do generally feel really good. It sets your day up, right? So if you've started off on something positive, that day is immediately starting on the right note. It's like this silly thing like about making your bed and stuff like that, but you start in the right frame of mind. Now, it's very easy to say, get up early and do this, and it's in practice hard, and I don't always do it. But the days I get up earlier and make sure I've done some sort of activity, I feel better. And there was something, I think it was Sophie, we, we had on a one of the earlier podcast episodes, the, the lady that lost a hell of a lot of weight, half a body weight, I think it was, almost like 47 kilos or something, wasn't it? It's something insane, yeah. Um, one of the things she does is she calls it boxing off. So she knows that she has 
certain amount of steps to do a day. So say she's got 8,000 steps to do a day. In the morning, she'll get up and box off um, like six, 7,000 steps. So she's done almost her steps for the day. So she's already winning in terms yeah. of that. And anything extra is a bonus. So, yeah. um, they, they, yeah. that, so that takes a lot of stress away because there's nothing worse than uh, getting to the end of a day thinking, oh, no, I've now got to do all this. So having those yeah. habits of doing it in the morning. And to be honest, like... Great example, why we're now recording at like half seven on a Sunday morning because I don't want to be doing this tonight when I've got my first day back at work tomorrow. So that's the last no. thing I need is stress later tonight. So, And, it, and this works well for me, these early starts. I, I know the other lads are not uh, early risers. But They're not, are they? Are. Well, jo Johnny's, we know not, the Johnny's not so bad. but um, jo Johnny just doesn't sleep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's not an early riser or an early go to bed, is he? Um, but... Paul, Paul and Ed, you are both a bit lazy. You know, you tend to like lanes, so they're, they're, yeah. they're going to claim they're up at 4 a.m. grinding, aren't they? They are, they are. Yeah, it's not true, though. No. <laughs> cool. Anyway, right. so should we so, do a bit of a round out of some other yeah, stuff? Yeah, I was going we... no, to say, I want you to, like, what have we got to tell people, mate? Yeah, so I guess Nutrition Made Easier, which is me and Johnny's group, um, or branding company, is no more. Uh, fear not though, we've rebranded to No Nonsense Nutrition. So our free Facebook group, which has got about 1,500, 1,600 people in um, and is very active, live streams, questions answered, et cetera, et cetera, is now the No Nonsense Nutrition Facebook group. So if you search for that, it is a closed group. Uh, no one can see what you post in there. Only the people in the group can see that. But search for that group, add yourself, request to join, and we're going to make it the place where you can start to interact with us guys around podcast topics. So... If you've enjoyed a podcast, join the group, put in there saying, I love your podcast, and then go give us a five-star review. Um, but if you've got questions you want answering or there's something we've talked about in a podcast that you want further information on. So today, for example, we've talked about this study um, in a lot of detail. If you wanted to see that study, just post in the group and we will give you all the details. Um, we want that to be the place for people listening to the podcast to go and you know, have a, a good um place where they can chat with us openly about things they may be confused about all that kind of stuff um so yeah get in there good good um good. i think llp would have closed by now wouldn't it by the time this goes out so congratulations to everyone that signed up i suppose yes yeah llp will have closed but we'll be running it again monthly so lifelong lean project is our female fat loss group coaching stuff um we run it monthly we've had great success from a lot of people on that and that will be moving under no-nonsense nutrition and we'll have a, a similar male offering soon from brett and ed but all the coaches are going to float across all the uh group coaching stuff and then we'll have our one-to-one -one stuff under no-nonsense nutrition so the, 2018 the, is it's going to be the year for it absolutely the feedback for lp like if you go on to obviously the testimonials and stuff is incredible so um definitely check it like you got if you google lifelong lean project i'm assuming it'll be first hit will it yeah it's lifelonleanproject.com yeah so go to there and read some of the testimonials because um they're absolutely amazing so the the achievements that people have made and to be fair like let's give obviously the course is fantastic um even though i've obviously you know seen it myself but just to um give credit to the people following it as well because obviously they've got they've got to put in the graft and the effort just using the information that they're given and the, the support but Obviously, they've got the graphs. It's fantastic what people have achieved on those. Like some, it's, some of the transformations are incredible. So, yeah, if you want in, if you want the same thing, go take a look and look out for the next intake because, um, yeah, it's it's great. Yeah, that's a good point. You 
you know, by all means sign up. But if you are going to sign up, be prepared to put some of the work in. It's not it's not going to just fall at your feet by signing up. But the people that have had the best results, um, and you'll see some of those on the testimonials, have really taken on board, just applied everything that was said. So use the things we said and actually done them. That's all they did. They, you know, none of them were particularly hard. None of them particularly stressful. People are enjoying the foods they like. Um, it's really good. But yeah, looking forward to the launch of the No Nonsense Nutrition Coaching stuff. Um, should we have a? We should have a group coaching thing fairly shortly for that as well, shouldn't we? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And um, never know. We might even try and get round people's ways and do some some types of um, education seminars or yeah, because we just want to go around and meet people as well. We said for ages that'd be really cool to be able to get around and meet some people and stuff. So yeah, definitely. So yeah, cool. join the group. Request it, and we'll do it. Anything else to? What else did we have? I don't know if there's anything else we want to chat about. I don't think so. No. Yeah. We, we should. Uh, we should I just, yeah. I just want to say we should have a fantastic guest on next week. So I've booked in to uh, a fantastic guest. We'll keep it a secret for now because not that people would have heard of him because you know he's not uber famous yet, but he will be because he's a top guy. So I'll give him a one. The one I fanboy over. Yeah. Well, yeah, not, not yeah. big news, though. He's already been on. Not big um, news. Another no. fanboy. Basically, you and Ed both fell in love with him. So, um, yeah. So, uh, we'll, we'll, he'll, he's supposed to be on the show next week. He's currently on holiday. So, uh, if not, he would have probably been on this week. But he's uh, out in Abu Dhabi, I believe, for his... Yeah. Um, such a nice guy. Yeah, he is such a nice guy. Top top guy. And um, we will be covering... Maybe I'll give away the topics. So we'll be covering the... Um, Benefits, I suppose. Benefits of online coaching. Um, he's an online coach. Wants to go through kind of like the support and help he gives, and the benefits to to why people might want to to take up online coaching. So maybe it fits in a little bit with kind of the, the benefits of lifelong leave as well. So obviously, if people are interested and want to find out a bit more what that um, consists of, because it is something that actually I get a lot people when they say like, "Oh, what do you do?" And obviously, like outside of my full time job, I say, "Well, I'm also a." Um, nutritionist, the online coaching. People say, "What does that do? What does that mean?" Like people don't tend to know. So, it'd be that I hope you'd be quite an interesting podcast to go through kind of like the ins and outs yeah. of really what it consists of. So, be a good resource to point to in the future as well. Yeah, massively. So cool. So obviously we'll next week, and I think yeah, yeah, we'll. I suppose Ed is not here, so I'll hit the button. Hit the button. Thanks for listening to the No Nonsense Nutrition Podcast. We'll speak to you all next week.